Now, those of you that know me know that boat travel is not my thing. I mentioned in, in episodes that Thar and its heights and, and being at height is nothing, is something he's really not comfortable with. For me, it's any form of boat or, or being in open bodies of water. Reason for that is I've got an irrational fear of drowning. I say irrational, I just, yeah, if I'm not able to be in control in terms of, I don't know, touching my feet on the floor, for example, it just doesn't sit well with me at all. I'm always yeah, get into a state where I start hyperventilating if I get into big bodies of water and I'm not able to, you know, touch my feet on the ground or lean on something. But that's a whole different podcast, that's a whole different story. But in order to get from the islands to island to island, the main method of transport was boat. And I'd learned quite a cool thing from someone who said if you ever on boat travel, no matter how bumpy or you know rough it is, if you just focus on one point in the distance, do not move your eyes from that one point. Because yeah, you'll probably look like a bit of a crazy person. But if you focus on that point, you'll find that that should then negate uh, any roughness of the sea or body of water that you happen to be in. Now, if I'd have known that in the Rio de la Plata when we crossed from Uruguay to Argentina, my life might have been a bit better. But <laughs> alas, no, not the case. And it actually worked quite well. The crossing from Santa Cruz to the Isla Isabella was quite decent. About two and a half hour journey, two, two and a half hour journey. So quite you know, quite a long time there to be on a boat, but it was relatively straightforward, even leaving at half six in the morning. Also, thankfully, the nice lady uh, with the hostel in the first island let us keep our main bags uh, in the hostel. We'd be going back there in a few days' time, but we just didn't want to be dragging around all our big bags around the Galapagos. Now, the, e, the Isla Isabella, we got off, we checked into the we checked into the uh, hostel there, all four of us. It's Jess, Mark, myself, Aaron. We booked in to do a boat tour the following morning. There's a boat tour where you could uh, go around and look at various uh, mangroves and, and bits and pieces like that. So we booked in to do that the following day. But in order to make the most of our time, we hired some bicycles when we arrived. And we just went for a massive, a massive cycle up and down around the town and visiting some beaches, uh, La Playa, uh, visiting the local church, the Iglesia Católica Cristo Salvador. Uh, the Posa de los Flamingos, uh, it's quite a, a place where flamingos, uh, quite a lot of flamingos gather. Unfortunately, there weren't many when we were there, plus Aaron and I had seen the, the Flamingo Lake in, in Bolivia, so we weren't too upset that we didn't see many. And just had a good uh, cycle around town for most of the day, enjoying the beaches, enjoying the bikes, having a laugh, again, taking advantage of a good old menu del dia. No lobster this time, unfortunately, and just having a good old laugh. Also, walking down to the uh, harbour front and looking at, uh, I think there's a place called the Contra de Bella, which was, or is, I should say, I think it's called Pearl Shell. That's the translation. And you can have a walk around there and you can do a little bit of snorkeling and, you know, there are loads of seals and, and stuff like that as well around there. So that was all cool. It's, again, a nice, pleasant island. Loads of, th- you know, I say loads of things to see and do. Not There's always things to see and do on the Galapagos. But if you like your tranquility, you, you like not having a lot of people there, you like being a bit in the backside of nowhere, you're going to love the Galapagos. The following day, we jumped onto this boat. And it was only about 10 of us on this boat. And it a tiny, tiny, tiny boat, to say the least. And we went on a little tour. We went up and down a couple of... Uh, yeah, no, pretty much on the boat, we traced the steps that we'd done on the bicycles the previous day, so up and down the coast. And we ended up sort of hanging around the Islot Las Tintereras, uh, these set of islets or islets, I still need to figure out how to pronounce that word, uh, just off Isla Isabella itself. So we ended up around there, and this is where we saw quite a few cool things. But on the way there, 
a crazy thing happened. An absolute crazy thing happened. Bear in mind, this boat's not the biggest boat in the world. We were heading to our, our sort of mangrove destination and the captain, I'll call him, noticed a manta ray that was coming towards the boat. Now, now manta rays, stingrays, etc. they're not exactly dangerous animals, but manta rays are big as, as we'd spotted from, from the plane coming into Galapagos. And I shit you not, this thing went under the boat. Now, admittedly the boat wasn't the biggest boat in the world, but it will still tell you how big this manta ray was. Where the boat wasn't that wide, you could see out of both ends. You know, you could see pretty much over side to side. And at that snapshot in time, if you look to the right, you would see the manta ray. If you look to the left, you would see the manta ray. Literally covered, I don't know, maybe 10 times, you know, the width of the boat. It was unbelievable knowing that you just had this creature straight underneath you at that period of time. And you could look at, at both sides of the boat and, it, you know, it's the same down creature. Just absolutely remarkable. Uh, things like little things like that, I don't think we'll ever forget when we talk about these stories or we, you know, we share these stories with people. It's things like that you just won't forget. Uh, just phenomenal. Well, about 10 minutes later, we ended up in our sort of mangrove area, um, you know, bits and pieces like that. Now, this is where we had a bit of free time. So, you know, we could get in the water. It wasn't ridiculously deep you know, um, deep enough. You get in the water, you can have a swim around, you know, you can sit on a couple of the, you know, little tiny islands, look at the creatures. Uh, we were getting up close and personal with, and it still makes me laugh to this day, um, a creature called blue-footed boobies and red-footed boobies. <laughs> uh, I'm in my 30s and that name just that shows how immature I am. I just love the names. But the, again, funky little birds and surprise, surprise, had blue feet, red feet, etc., etc. So we were getting up close and personal with them. But when it was time to have a bit of free time swimming around, everyone's jumped in. I haven't jumped in. I'm sat in the boat. I'm not moving. I, I'm, I'm, I'm an okay swimmer. Although if I try and tread water, I, I sink. Don't ask me right. But I'm an okay swimmer. But I'm not getting in the water. Not getting in the water. You know, I'm happy to be in the Galapagos. Not doing it. Look at Aaron shouting at me from the boat. He's like, you know, Rob, get in. Come on, man. Yeah, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Get in. Mark's going, geez, mate, I can, you know, get in, mate. Not the end of the world. And it was Jess who came back onto the boat very briefly and said to me, I still remember these words to this day, and I won't do the accent, but she said, Rob, you're in the Galapagos. How many times in your lifetime are you going to be in the Galapagos? If you don't get in the water right now, you are going to regret that decision for the rest of your life because you'd be the guy that was in the Galapagos and you know how to swim and you didn't get in the water. That you, you're going to regret that for the rest of your life. Get some like little armbands on if you're not comfortable. Get some armbands on. Get in that water. It, and just at that second, just at that second, that really resonated with me. And it sticks to this day. You've got to take advantage of your opportunities. And Jess was spot on. We travelled all the way around the world. We're in the Galapagos. And I'm refusing to get in the water because of a fear. A fear of drowning. A fear of, you know, the element of the unknown as such. So I said, yeah, fuck it. Jess is absolutely spot on. Got my snorkel ready because it was a snorkeling area as well. I got my snorkel ready, said to the guy uh, to give me some armbands, you know, just for extra protection. So he gave me some armbands. Brilliant. I thought, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to jump straight in. Of course, what silly bollocks here done, he left his snorkel in his mouth when he jumped in. So I've jumped in. I'm going down like a stone, as you do when you jump into a body of water. And I've taken on all this seawater like an absolute idiot. And this is where there's a really, you know, cool thing and, and not a cool thing here. Had my goggles on, snorkel, etc. Armbands in hand. Now I've jumped into the water. Apart from taking on a bunch of seawater, which I wouldn't recommend, I've jumped down into the water and I've looked up 
what goes above my head, and it's perfect timing, what goes above my head? Two massive, what I believe were, leatherback tails, straight across my head, elegantly gliding in the water. I'm looking up at this. In that split second, despite the seawater that was entering into my gullet, I'm looking up at that going, great decision. Thank you, Jess. Great decision. Well played. And in that split second, I've risen back up to the surface. The, the turtles are gone. I'm back up at the surface. I'm coughing and spluttering everywhere. People are laughing at me because you don't jump into the damn water with your snorkel on. I plop the armbands on. That's it. I'm in the water. I'm there. You know, I'm involved now. You know, I just said, I've seen some leatherback turtles. Everyone's like, that's amazing. Oh, yeah, superb. Best decision ever. Could just, I, I could have quit there. Happy days. There's always a key thing I take from that story. Take advantage of opportunities when you get them. If you've got the opportunity to do something, do it. If you get the opportunity to say something, say it. If you get the opportunity to go somewhere, go. Take opportunities, no matter what you do. I don't regret that at all. Great decision. The other funky thing about the uh, little reefs where we were is that what the guy was doing, uh, the main tour guide had located a couple of reef sharks right, right below, well, funny enough, one of the reefs. And he was getting people, he was basically... He would push your head down there. He would swim down with you. So you hold your breath for like 10, 15 seconds. You can see these reef sharks. I mean, up close, you're talking like a meter or two away. And then head back up. So we all done that. So you're getting your head pushed down and your ears are popping. And, you know, you get down there. But you just see these reef sharks just, you know, a meter or two away. And they're, like, they're chilling. They don't give a shit. But again, just seeing them up close and personal is wonderful. Just a, a variety of, you know, loads of other birds and bits and bobs uh, that we would have you know, that we would have seen. And that was a great trip. Uh, that really was. And that was pretty much the Isla Isabel dump. The following day, it would be a case of getting over to the Isla San Cristobal via the main island, Santa Cruz. We're up in the morning, a bit groggy, a bit groggy in the morning. Not to be, not been drinking or anything like that, but it's just been, you know, exhausting day the day before, so we're all a bit tired. Plus, bear in mind the boats are leaving at six, half six in the morning. So the first boat between... The Isla Isabella and Santa Cruz was all right. You know, the funny thing about it was that Mark also doesn't like uh, boat travel. So him and myself were at the back, uh, just like looking either at each other or looking out at something. The first boat was okay. Got to Isla Santa Cruz. We've had a very light lunch. Not Didn't want to overdo it. The weather looks like it's turning a little bit. We didn't overdo it. And then got on the boat to the Isla de San Cristobal. Now, it's about lunchtime. 12 o'clock-ish, we're queuing for the boat. We've, we've had a couple of snacks, nothing major. We've not taken on liquid, a lot of liquid, maybe a, you know, a small bottle of water between us. The weather looks iffy. Looks like this could be a bit of a rough ride. We're queuing for the boat. Behind us is mother and child. Obviously, they're getting on the boat as well. But the child's, you know, he's getting peckish. So his mother, in infinite wisdom, gives him a bottle of strawberry milkshake. And we've kind of looked at each other and all gone, that's not going to end very well. I think we've all made that mistake before. If you get on a roller coaster or a boat of some sort, do not have uh, a substantial meal or indeed uh, lactose products uh, before you get on. Because if it is a bumpy ride, you're screwed. We've, we've just looked at each other and gone, that's not going to end well. Got on the boat. It's not a bit, and again, these boats are not the biggest boats in the world. I mean, maybe they fit about 20 to 30 people. They're, they're decent for the job. Mark and, uh, Mark and Jess, Aaron and Jess are sat down. They're, they're okay with boat travel. They're fine. They're, they're sat down. Mark and I sit down. Mark and I look at each other. We're opposite 
you know, he's on the right side of the boat, I'm on the left side, not going to start chanting. <laughs> We're looking at each other. Mother and child get on, they're the last people to get on, so they're at the back of the boat. They're right at the back, but they're facing forward. Mark and I are facing each other on the left, on the right. We're looking at each other. These people, uh, mother and child are at the end. Boat sets off. It's a two and a half hour journey. Bear in mind, this is a two and a half hour journey. Now we're heading to the Puerto Bacariso Moreno on the Isla de San Cristobal. No less than about five minutes in, the strawberry milkshake was everywhere. This kid had absolutely chundered it everywhere. It's on the floor. He's covered in it. His mum's covered in it. Luckily, where we were on the boat, we were actually in the outside section of the boat. So we're not in a compartment. We're not inside. We're not restricted. Now, Aaron and Jess, you know, they're kind of laughing because they knew it was going to happen. But they're also laughing because as well as Mark and I not enjoying boat travel, we both don't do very well with sick. Now, bear in mind, Mark and I have learned the same thing, i.e. you've got to focus on a point when you're on a boat. And this journey's just got a hell of a lot tougher because we're looking at each other. But in our peripheral vision, you can also see what's going on with the kid. And at the same time, we've both caught what's happened. I mean, number one, you can smell it, but we've caught the state of the kid. And I mean, this kid's pretty much pink. He's covered in it. And it's gnarly. It's disgusting. We've both looked at it and we've both instantly felt sick. Yeah, I could see Mark's puffing his cheeks. He's like, Ooh. you know, I've made the noise as well. I'm like, Ooh. it ponged. Absolutely ponged. It's everywhere. No one really can do anything about it. Probably the most difficult boat journey I think I've ever done in my life, without a shadow of a doubt. Aaron and Jess are pretty much crying with laughter. They, you know, they're they're laughing more more so at Mark and myself for really not enjoying that two and a half hours at all. All I would say, if you're on a boat, do not have a lactose heavy meal or take on extreme amounts of lactose before you travel. Chances are you'll see it again very quickly. A tough two and a half hours later, we finally got to the Isla de San Cristobal. Immediately had to go for a beer and have a laugh about what we'd just gone through. It would just, it's disturbing even trying to <laughs> think about it again. We'd gone for a beer. And we also knew on this island, uh, so the, the Isla de San Cristobal is famed for a couple of things. Number one, it's the island where most uh, seals go. Uh, but also you can take a boat up to i'm not going to say it's not even an island but just a, a rock formation in the middle pretty much in the middle of the in the ocean i think it's called the leon the middle or the rock of leon the middle and it's basically wait where there's loads of sharks um sometimes i think whales as well if i'm not if i'm not mistaken so we knew we were going to do a boat tour there uh, and you know it's pretty much straightforward stuff number one we had a beer when we got there number two we then booked onto the tour for the following day we found a great chicken shack that evening as well. We had a good old laugh. You know, watch the sunset go across the islands, which again was equally as cool. Um, not quite as good as Lake Titicaca, uh, but was equally was equally as good. Now, as if we hadn't had enough of being on boats and people being sick on boats, the tour the following day had a bit of everything. It was a great tour. First of all, it was well worth the $70, $80 that we paid. It was an all-day tour. You leave first thing in the morning. You take about an hour's boat ride because uh, you're looking at a couple of, you know, you're looking at the rock formations as you go along. Um, you get quite a decent guided boat tour here. And this was a proper boat, a nice big boat. Again, there's only about 10, 15 people on the boat, so not a big, not a big party. 
but you do all your, you go around, you jump in the water a few times, all of that sort of stuff, and you can see a bunch of animals, happy days. Then you get food on the boat, you get lunch on the boat, and then you get a boat ride back into town. And that was cool. We headed over to the little rock formation where we were meant to go. And the reason why this little formation is, is famed is it's where the Galapagos hammerheads go. Now, sometimes if you're lucky, you can get up, up close and personal to them. Sometimes they don't go quite so high up on the surface. So when we got there, again, it's pretty choppy. The thing I remember this time about jumping in. Now, this time I didn't have an issue jumping in. We're all in wetsuits. Number one, it was freezing cold. The water, without a shadow of a doubt, absolutely freezing cold. Number two, no issue jumping in because this time I took a life ring with me. Not content with the armbands. No, 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 no. Because we're in the middle of the ocean and it was quite choppy in terms of the waves, even... In hindsight, most of the experienced swimmers in the groups, I mean, Aaron's a very good swimmer, even the tour guides, very good swimmers. Even they said it after the end of the day that the swimming that they'd done around the Leon Domido, that was a tough, that was a tough swim. So I'm, I'm kind of glad, you know, that I'll hold my hands up and I took my life ring with me. I was having a great time. Not an issue, just bobbing along uh, right at the rear doing my own thing. But what was cool after getting in the water and realising it was damn cold, was you're surrounded pretty much by schools of fish. You've got sharks that are, um, some of them look like they were hunting. All of these, all of these crazy things. And people were going down into the schools of fish and all that sort of, you know, crazy stuff. It was really good to see. But when you got right up close and personal to the rock formation itself, that was when you could put proper, put your head under the water. And if you looked hard enough, just looked all the way down. You could see these schools of what are scalloped hammerheads just going round and round and round. I mean, no word, it must have been hundreds of them. Just round and round and round, a school of scalloped hammerheads. Round. Remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. I don't think those hammerheads are anywhere else in the world, by the way. Just insane. Absolutely insane. Yes, there were a bunch of other sharks and fish and bits and pieces as well. Completely forgot what they were. Just remember seeing the, the scalloped hammerheads. We've got back on the boat. Everyone's, you know, quite a few people are exhausted because of the, the toughness of the swim. We went back towards mainland for a little bit. Had one more session of jumping in the water and having a, you know, swim around. Um, didn't see too much snorkeling that time, to be honest, but it is what it is. And then that was lunchtime. Lunch came and went. It was very pleasant. It was a relatively light, relatively light meal. The boat wasn't exactly bobbing along. You know, it's quite quiet waters, put it that way. But of course, uh, someone decided to eat too much. And I got a feeling someone decided to drink a little bit too much beer. No one that we knew, someone completely random that joined the tour. So the minute their food and beer went down, it came back up again. And we all... <laughs> Pretty much all started laughing. Jess, Mark, Aaron and myself just started laughing because of the boat trip we just taken. Obviously, folks, sorry for the poor person that was, you know, being sick. Not nice for them. But yeah, we, we were laughing uh, as well. And uh, yeah, Mark and I, I think, exchanged a few um, four-letter rude words, shall we say. Uh, then <laughs> we've done the same thing we've done on the previous boat. We just focused, focused on a spot, 
focused on a spot and you know got back to town safely. That's pretty much the Galapagos done. Uh, that evening, we again watched a fantastic sunset across the bay whilst, I'm not going to say playing with the seals, but we were looking at all the seals uh, in uh, on the main beach. You know, by the way, there was a lot of them. Number two, yes, they really did stink an awful lot, especially when they're, you know, farting and burping or whatever seals do. And then that was that. The following day, we headed back over to Puerto Ayora on Isla Santa Cruz, all of us. Mark and Jess's flight was that afternoon. They went. Our flight was the following day. So we uh, went for one more. We said our goodbyes. I think we had one more uh, session of lobster that evening. Had one more walk around uh, the, the, the main town, Puerto Ayora. And that was the Galapagos dump. When we reflect on it, there was two things here. Number one, we knew Christmas was coming up. It was like in like two days time, three days time. So we knew there'd be a bit of luxury happening in Panama because we, we splurged a little bit for Panama. But I think when we sat down, we looked at it and we said, is, is the Galapagos achievable on a budget? I'd say the answer is yes. It's not impossible. It would depend on your perceptions. You know, did you see everything that you needed to see or wanted to see? Well, if you'd have said to us, you know, you'd see giant tortoises, you would see you know, loads of hammerhead sharks, you'd see manta rays, um, loads of different iguanas and other bits and pieces like that. If you'd have said to us beforehand, would you take that? I think we would have said yes. And when we look back on it now, it was a remarkable six, seven days in, in the Galapagos. Highly recommend it. You can do it on a budget. Yeah, it'd probably be ace to do it on a, you know, a boat tour as well purely because then you can see, you know, you can go to the other islands, the Isla Pinta or the Isla Machena or the Isla Santiago or the Isla Fernandina, all of these sorts of other places as well where, again, the fauna is different. You can see different types of tortoises, different types of, you know, wildlife, uh, you know, other bits and bobs like that. That was the Galapagos done. We headed back to the, we headed back to the airport. I'm pretty sure the cab driver ripped us off there by charging us a bit more than he should have done. But, you know, didn't really give a shit. It's not the end of the world. Uh, and then that was that. It was a case of heading back to the wonderful Guayaquil. We're not going to pick up the episode in Guayaquil. There's no point. We literally, we literally landed. We checked back into the same hostel that we had stayed in. We knew how to get to the Malecon, or, you know, the boardwalk and the lighthouse. We'd just done that, so sort of wore ourselves down by walking up and down there, went back to the hostel, um, stayed there for the evening, a couple of beers, and knowing that the following day we would be flying into Panama for the start of Christmas and for a little bit of luxury. And that's where we're going to pick up in the next episode. It's goodbye South America, hello Central America. Let's see what we can find in the home of Panama, the Maya, and the Aztecs. Hasta luego.